John 3, 16. I want you to repeat that if you would, please, with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, so loved you and loved me. I'd like to add to that the next verse on that, 317. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. Please hear that. Because you carry enough guilt on your own. You do not need Jesus Christ piling more and more guilt on you. But He came in the world not to condemn the world, but what? To save the world. Why? Because He loves you. Because He loves you. That is the reason that God so loved the world. We are so thankful for the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, the rules that were there. But we also know that with those Ten Commandments, there is a lot of guilt that goes along with it. We know that the Ten Commandments say, Thou shalt not kill. And yet Jesus has told us if we have hate in our heart for someone, that's the same thing as that. Is there anyone in here that has never hated anybody? So there is murder. Thou shalt not steal. Well, it doesn't say anything about the dollar amount. It doesn't have to be $2 million, $200. It can be a pencil or a pen. Or it can be something that you download off the computer like a movie. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And yet Jesus Christ tells us if we've lusted, then we have already committed adultery. So we walk around with all of these sins and we beat ourselves up. Sometimes at night we cannot sleep because of the things that we have done that we regret. A very special friend of mine, after he retired, spent many hours on his patio by himself. This courageous man went all the way through World War II starting in North Africa and didn't end up until he was in Germany. He had a lot of things he was carrying guilt for. Not just combat, but in life. We all make mistakes. We say things we cannot take back. We hurt people and, and we say, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why didn't I think before I reacted? We're all guilty of all of that. And so we beat ourselves up because we're not worthy. I'll agree. We're not worthy. There's not a one of us in here that is worthy of the blood of Jesus Christ. Not a one of us. But with that blood, we are now clean, spotless, 
There is no longer a single issue because of Him. Because of His price. And that is the ultimate love. Even Pontius Pilate says, I don't find anything wrong with this man. Is there anyone in here that Pontius Pilate could say the same thing about? If you think so, raise your hand. Not so quick, Gerald. There's not a single one of us that could say that. But Jesus Christ paid the price, the most horrendous price the Romans could even think of, and they were good at killing. Very good at killing. And this was the, the worst. But not for his sin. For he loves us so much that he carried that cross to Golgotha. For you, for God so loved the world, that's all of us, that he sent his son. There is never a, a wedding that I can think of that I did that I didn't turn over to the 13th chapter of Corinthians. It's called the love chapter, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I would like to touch on some of it. 13.4 says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It, it is not proud. It does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. And that's just a couple of the verses. So if you want to see what God thinks the definition of love is, turn to the 13th chapter of Corinthians. Don't just read the words. Meditate on them. Soak them in. They're powerful. When we do the wedding service, I read them just as I did with you. But it would be very easy to spend a lot of time on each one of these words. And whether you're married or not, read these words. Take them in. For you have relationships with someone. Someone you love. Love is Mary, the virgin. Luke 1, the 29th verse. I'm going to go back to the 28th. An angel appeared to Mary, saying, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Dropping on down. The angel did talk to her. She was very afraid. 
And this is what they said Mary's response was. And every time I read this, I'm amazed. You're asleep, an angel appears and starts talking to you, tells you not to be afraid. Give me a break. Bad water, bad whiskey, something was bad before you went to bed. And then it says, this is Mary's response. Please listen. Could yours be so powerful? I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. How many years have you run away from the Lord? I've shared with this congregation, I ran for 40 years. From the first time I was asked to fill a pulpit to this time that I came here, 40 years. You might say, like Moses, I wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. So are you running? Are you being obedient as Mary was? And let's not forget Joseph. An angel of the Lord appeared to him as well. And he was concerned because he knew Mary was with child and he knew he had not been with her. So he was very concerned. And I'm not going to go into all of that where she could have been stoned and all of the different things, the ramification from the Jewish standpoint of tradition. But he was very concerned. But Joseph was a good man and he wanted the best for Mary regardless. But he has an angel that appears to him and it says, Joseph, son of David, once again, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded Two servants of the Lord intertwined with the will of our Father in the birth of Jesus Christ. And why? Because of L-O-V-E. In Matthew, the 8th chapter, Jesus is by this time a minister. And these are just a couple of his healings. But I asked you, why did he do the healings? Why? Why did he do the healings? A leper came to Jesus and said, If you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. Why? Because of love. A centurion, I'm still in the 8th chapter, all of these will be in the 8th chapter. A centurion came to him and asked for God's help because he had a servant that worked for him and the servant was a very, very, very good man. And so here you have a Roman centurion who 
those two don't mix. Hebrews and Romans. That's like putting oil and water together. They do not mix. But this centurion swallowed his pride, came to Jesus and asked for healing. And Jesus says, shall I come home with you? Jews did not enter the homes of Romans. And the man says, no. And he says, I'm an officer of many men. And if I tell them to go, they go. And if I ask them to come, they will come. All you have to do is to give the word, for I know your healing power. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Again, not a Hebrew, but a Roman that had such great faith. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believe it would be done. There are many, many healings in the Word. You'd enjoy reading the red letters. Matter of fact, I got a book that's nothing but the red letters from my buddy Jerry Gunkel. Why did he do it? Was he just trying to get attention? We used to talk about the guys when we played ball, the show-offs. We'd talk about them being hot dogs, just trying to get attention. Is that what Jesus was doing? He was accused of being a magician. He was accused of all kind of things because those that were of the Hebrew hierarchy did not want to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Savior. He knew the ultimate price he would pay. So why? Why did he do it? You do not need to look at the person sitting next to you. You can point the finger at yourself. For God so loved you so much. Regardless of your past, no matter what sins you will have in the future, God loves you so much He died for you. The birth of Jesus Christ wasn't really even the beginning. There's prophecy of a Messiah way over in the Old Testament, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years before there was going to be a Savior. So God had this in His plan. No accident. No accident. For God, from the beginning, loved you so much that God sent His Son. Two people sitting right there that mean a lot to me. And I see His head on His mom's shoulder because of love. I see back here, David, 
love. As I look around the room, I see love. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence today. The presence of love. Thank you, dear Lord, for each and every person here. They made a point to be here. They could have been on the highway. They could have been watching TV. They could have still been asleep. But they chose to be here in your house to worship you. You love us. But dear Lord, we do love you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we lift up this prayer and every prayer. Amen.